God can use all forms of music. When I first, I guess for a long time, some of my most favorite gospel was bluegrass gospel, southern gospel. I still love it. Still listen to it a lot. Jessica introduced me to some of that. and Boy, it really spoke to my soul. There's a lot of good things in it. And today, that's my thought. I love that song. I believe that young lady who wrote that song, she's from Kentucky. I believe she knows Jesus. Don't know anybody's heart. But she said, let me tell you about my Jesus. And let my Jesus change your life. He has the power to do that. He takes away the old man, the old creature, and He makes you a new man. And I'm thankful for that this morning. I'm thankful that I'm, I'm still no good in this flesh. But what God has done in here, the change that He's done in my heart, is a new man. And I'm thankful for that this morning. Certainly, I want you to know about Him. I want you to know, I want you to learn I want you to be saved. I want you to hear. And I want Him to be able to change your life. He can do that. He gives you the trust that through the challenges that you go through in this life because you're going to face things. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face difficulties. There's things that you're going to have to overcome. But I'm thankful to know that when you've been saved, you've got someone there that said that He would go every step of the way with you. He said He'd never leave you, nor forsake you. He said, to take my yoke upon you. So, He's there to help you pack the load. And I'm thankful for that this morning. Certainly, I want to try to get into our lesson. Is there anything this morning on your heart before we get into our text? Anything that needs to be said or done this morning? It's been so good to be here thus far. It's been so good to feel the Spirit move. And I'm so thankful this morning to be here in the Lord's house. If there's nothing on your heart, I want to get into our thought this morning. I've got several places in the Scripture that I want to look at if the Lord will allow us. And if, if we don't get to them all then, then uh, that'll be alright too. I just want to follow Him this morning and what He would have for us. I want to uh, look this morning at some familiar Scripture. Uh, I want to start this morning by taking some text out of the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And we'll also be going to the 22nd chapter of Genesis. Uh, pondered this week on a few things that the Lord might give us. And maybe a month or so ago, I read a few texts, a little, uh, few verses of Scripture from Genesis 22. And, and certainly uh, don't want to always preach along the same lines. I, I don't want you to uh, get kind of weary with what we try to bring forth to you, but I felt like that was the way that the Lord was leading us. We'll talk to you a little bit about Abraham and Isaac uh, this morning. and uh, I know all this is very familiar to us, uh, but this week as I was looking at these verses of Scripture, 
And I was sitting on the couch, and it was late in the afternoon and late at night, and I was doing my study. A lot of times that's when I do my study. God began to just open it up to me in a new way. I'd never seen it before. And it may not be new to you. And I remember hearing people talk about years ago as they would study their Bible and preachers and different lay members would study the Word and how tears would come and stain the imprints of their Bible. I'm thankful when God meets with you that way. He'll meet with you and He'll give you a little guidance and He'll open His Word up to you and His Word becomes alive. He quickens it. And it becomes alive to you. It's a living Word. And I'm thankful this morning when God allows us to do that. So this morning I want to try to bring some text to you this morning about our Lord, about what He done for us, about the pain, about the suffering that He went through. And I know all of us are familiar with those, with those things this morning, but those things are very real. He went through those things and He suffered those things for mine and your sake. And He paid the ultimate price. He laid down His life. The Son of God, who was God in the flesh, gave His life for me and you. And He is a risen Savior today. We worship Him and praise Him because He is alive and He liveth forevermore. So this morning, I want to take for a reading over here in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. It says in the 8th verse, do pray for us, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into the place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went. he went out, not knowing whether he went. And by faith he sojourned into the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city with foundation, that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithfully who had promised. Therefore sprang there even one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars and the sky and the multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of, the, of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And I want to stop there for a moment, and if we will, let's go over here to Genesis 
in the 22nd chapter. And I'll try to get to our thought this morning. Genesis and 22. Very lengthy reading this morning. It says, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Now take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham arose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up, and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes, and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with us, I and the lad will go yonder and worship, and come again unto you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And both they went, uh, excuse me, and they went, both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they both went, uh, Excuse me. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay him. And the angel of the Lord called him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do anything unto him. For now I know thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thine son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, and is as said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And I want to stop there with the many mistakes that we've made reading. And I know this morning we had somewhat of a lengthy reading lesson this morning. But I began to think about Abraham and how he believed God. And God had promised him uh, that his seed would go on and would be established and that it would uh, be uh, unnumberable as far as the uh, stars in the sky, as far as the sand of the seashore. And he had declared unto him that. And if you'll remember... Uh, some things had come to pass with Lot and him choosing the direction that he would go and all of those different things. But God had promised him that he would have a son. And uh, he thought there that maybe he was talking about Ishmael. But he was, and he said, By Sarah thy wife thou shalt have a son. And he was stricken in age. He was about 99 years old, the Bible says. And his wife Sarah was about 90 years old. And Abraham laughed within himself. He said, how am I going to conceive a child in my old age? Well, when it appeared unto Sarah, and the Lord had declared those, she laughed within herself. She said, I'm 90 in age. How are these things going to come to be? But we know that through God all things are possible. And He declared that unto Abraham. And this morning I want you to know that when God makes a promise, my friend, He'll stand upon that promise. God is not a liar. 
And my friend, when He says that something shall come to pass, it will come to pass. He had a great... uh, uh, We know through Abraham's lineage uh, that he had declared many things would come to pass. We know that Isaac would go on and uh, bear his son Jacob. And we know uh, uh, Jacob's lineage. But that's not our thought this morning. But nonetheless, I began to think about Abraham and began to think about uh, his son. His only son, Ishmael, uh, had been sent out, you know. Uh, uh, he was cast out, if you will. And God had declared that there would be a great generation that would come from him. But he was talking about Isaac. And he began to think about him. And that was his only son. I want you to ponder within this just for a moment. He had his only son here and God had established him. He said, you take your only son, Isaac. And he said, you get up to Mount Moriah. And he said, you offer him as a sacrifice. Now I believe in my heart at that moment, Abraham knew and he had determined what he was going to do. I preached here that Abraham had trust and confidence in the Lord. And I believe that. But my friend, he found it in his heart, he was going to do just exactly what God had declared for him to do. He was to take his only son and to take him up there on the mount. And I began to think about God is love. John 3.16, Brother Don said that's probably his most favorite verse. It's hard for me to come down to a most favorite verse. Uh, I love a lot of them. But John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that so whoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this morning I want to emphasize that God so loved the world. That word love in that form uh, means a verb. Now I want to say this this morning uh, to those of you that's English teachers. Y'all know that I maybe have a difficult time with some of that stuff. But a verb means action. And my friend this morning, uh, love is something that is loosely thrown around in a society and time that we live in. Folks say, well I love this and I love that and I love this. Listen, God is love. And my friend, not only did God say that He loved the world, but He performed an action through it. He didn't just merely speak it, but He said, I'll show you how much I love you. I will send My Son that He might give His life that through Him you might have life. That's what He declared. Love is not merely something that God said, well, I love the world. But He said, I'll show you how much I love the world. Let me just show you how much I love you. So He took the lad here. He took Abraham. And He led him up to the mount. And we know here that there were uh, two young uh, servants there that went with Him so far. And He took this lad and He began to lay upon him the wood. And as Isaac was... Uh, going on, and you know, Abraham had the knife, and they had the wood for the burnt offering, and as they was headed up, Isaac began to say, well, Father, uh, where is the lamb for the burnt offering? He said, I don't know where it is. And Abraham done knew it in his heart what God had asked him to do, but he said, God will provide a lamb. He said, He will. And as he made his way up to the top of that mountain, and he stretched there, out there, uh, Isaac on that altar. And he began to raise the knife. We know then that an angel appeared and he stayed his hand 
I know we're all familiar with this story this morning. But he said, as he began to look behind him, there was a ram caught in a thicket by the horns. God had provided the sacrifice for him. Just like God provided the sacrifice through His only Son, Jesus Christ. That ram was a perfect picture. That ram, if you look it up, what it means in the Hebrew, a ram meant strength. It meant strength. And his horns would mean, uh, uh, excuse me if, I, if I'm not necessarily correct on this, but I believe it means uh, uh, to be chiefly. He had strength and he had prestige. He was a king. And yet he come. They caught this ram. He was caught up in a thicket. Began to think about the thicket. You ever been through a briar patch? The thorns hanging on you as you walk through it. Poking at you. Pulling your flesh. Just as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had the crown of thorns that was placed upon His head. But the Lord had declared, and Jacob, Abraham said, He said, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. God said here, on this mount, it shall be seen. On Mount Moriah, I want you to imagine, this is about 1,500 years before the coming of Christ, before that He would die, there on the cross at Calvary. And God said, I'll make a way, Abraham. And Abraham through faith was able to look out. And I believe in my heart through what the reading of the 11th chapter in Hebrews says, that he'd done those things knowing that if he died, that God would resurrect Isaac. He said, if I do this, he said, I know in my heart that he'll raise him from the dead. You say, preacher, what does all that have to do with anything? God was showing Abraham that he was going to provide the perfect sacrifice. He said, here on this mountain, when I thought about, uh, y'all pray for me this morning. Second Chronicles in the third chapter says, then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father, in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Onam, the Jebusite. And if you'll remember, in the, you can read about it in 2 Samuel in 24th chapter, and also you can read about it in 1 Chronicles in the 22nd chapter, but just to paraphrase it for time's sake, uh, David had got it in his heart that he wanted to gather up a census of the people I believe David had a, a sense of pride about him. It was near the end of his life. He said, well, I, I want to see how much Israel has grown. I want to see how much the armies have grown. And he said, go gather out a census and let's gather us in a number and see how many Israel has grown. They began to tell him, no, we shouldn't do those things. Maybe you should reconsider. I believe they recognized somewhere between nine months of a time span that they had allowed that to take place. Finally, they come back with the numbers. David said, I've sinned, Lord. 
What have I done? Forgive me. He realized that it wasn't about him, it wasn't about what he had done, but it was about what God had done for Israel. And God had said, I'll give you three choices. He said, you can be destroyed by sword. He said, you can be destroyed by famine. Or he said, you can be, I'll send a pestilence your way. And David said, well, I'll take the pestilence. And God, become, He come over Israel. But as soon as He passed over here this threshing floor, this Jebusite, the angel of the Lord that held the sword, He stayed His hand. And this angel was uh, between heaven and earth, He says. And He was there not to be destroyed, that it was a holy place. And this morning, because of what Abraham had done on that mountain, it was a great picture of Jesus. You say, now I can't prove this this morning, but I'll tell you this, I used to think back years ago that Isaac was a young man when the Lord took him up Mount Moriah. I don't know that to be for sure, but I tend to think since it was a perfect picture or close to it in a figure of Jesus Christ, I believe him to have been around the Lord's age. I believe him to have been around 33 years age. He took him up on that mountain to sacrifice him. But the Lord stayed his hand. Began to think about our Lord and Savior. Bear with me here. We know that our Savior the King of kings and the Lord of lords came into this world. The great pain that we heard about in Sunday school, the things that He suffered, the things that He went through. We talked about earlier how the old story will never grow old. How that they had driven nails or great spikes into His hands and to His feet how that they had whipped him and scourged him, mocked him, placed a crown upon his head, beat him, that he shed his blood for me and for you, for all of mankind. As he was placed in that tomb of Joseph that he owned, it was a new tomb that was hewed out of a solid rock. Joseph placed him in there, so I believe that there would, I believe he done it because he loved the Lord. The Bible said that he was one of his disciples. But I believe he done it because also he didn't want nobody to tamper with the Lord's body. He didn't want there to be any question. They placed him in that tomb. Mary, we know, ran to the tomb. They was going on that they might make preparations. She come to the tomb and the stone was rolled away. I want you to think about this. In the 63rd verse in the 27th chapter of Matthew says, it says now, excuse me, the second, 62nd verse says, Now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. 
Command therefore that the sepulcher made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. But I say unto the people, he is risen from the dead, so that the last error shall be worse than the first. And Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way and make it sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now Pilate told them, he said, You go and make it sure as you can. They set a watch. They, they didn't want uh, this to come back on them. They knew that Jesus had done told them, Listen, Jesus had went through uh, His three years declaring who He was. If you'll remember there uh, in Exodus, I believe it's the third chapter, as Moses was gathered up there near the burning bush, and God was telling him to go unto the children there that was in Egypt, uh, God had uh, began to declare unto him and told him to remove his shoes because he was on holy ground. And he said, Lord, who should I tell him that sent me? And he said, you tell him I am that I am has sent you. He said, you tell him I am. He said, I am the eternal one. And those gods, that those Egyptians, they had names that they would worship. And they would worship their Pharaoh. And the names would be uh, maybe Ra or something along that line, but they had names for their gods. But Moses, uh, the Lord told Moses, He said, You tell them I am that I am. The Eternal One, the beginning and the end, has sent you. He said, That's my name. He said, You tell them. Jesus began to tell them and describe to them who He was. I began to think about that over there in John. Y'all bear with me. I want to get this off my heart. There were some Jews that began to question Jesus. They said, well, we're of Abraham. He's our father. And Jesus began to declare unto them, they said, well, if, you was, uh, if he was your father and you truly believed, then you would follow me. And I'm paraphrasing that. But in the 8th chapter of John, he said this. He said, Jesus answered and said, If I honored myself and my honor is nothing, it is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that He is your God. But yet no, have not known Him, but I know Him. And if I should say I know Him not, I should be a liar like unto you. But I know Him and keep His saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And then the Jews uh, unto him that are uh, not yet fifty years old. How hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. And he had declared unto them. He said, Before Abraham ever was, he said, I am. And he went through the Gospel of John, and this morning I'll get back over to where we was in Matthew, but I want to tell you this, all the I am's that John recorded that he said, he said in John 4 and 26, uh, at the woman at the well, He said, I am the Christ. She said, when the Christ come and reveal Himself, she said, He'll tell us all things. And He said, I am He whom you speak of. In John 6 and 35, He said, I am the bread of life. In John 8 and 58, He said, I am the eternal one. In John 9 and 5, He said, I am the light of the world. In John 10 and 7, He said, I am the door. In John 10 11, he said, I am the good shepherd. In John 10 and 36, he said, I am the Son of God. In John 11 and 25, he said, I am the resurrection and life. In John 13 and 13, he said, I am the Lord and Master. 
In John 14 and 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In John 15 and 1, He said, I am the true vine. In Revelations 1 and 8, He said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. In Revelations 1 and 17, He said, I am the first and the last. He had declared to them all the I am's. He said, I am Him. I am the Christ. I am the Messiah. I'm the one that Abraham was looking to. I am Him. And when He declared it to him, they thought that He spoke blasphemy and went to stone Him and kill Him. What was His charge against Him? What was His charge? He had a mock trial, but His charge was, I am the Son of God. He declared to them truth. And they didn't want to receive it. They didn't want to hear it. And yet today we still preach a risen Savior and the world still don't want to hear it and still receive it. He said, I am. I am all of these things. Come to me that you might have life. If you want to experience what true true joy is in this life, if you want to experience what it is to have true peace in this life, to have somebody in this life that will walk through it with you and be a help to you every day, then turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus while there's still time because I'm telling you, Brother Rick earlier was talking about his brother-in-law. He said he never left the testimony. Listen, people are dying every day and going to hell and splitting it wide open. And listen to me this morning. You don't have to go to that awful place because Jesus made a way. He made a way. He said, I am. They thought, you're not even 50 years old. How can you be before Abraham? They knew just exactly what he was talking about. He said, I am the great I am. I mentioned earlier there in Matthew. Those Pharisees wanted to make sure that he stayed in that tomb. Great stone was rolled over the door. They took ropes, I believe. Lashed the door shut. They took a seal and stamped it to make sure that the seal wasn't broken. They said, make it as sure as you can. The world wants to make it just as, listen, just as those Pharisees wanted to make it just as sure as they could that Jesus would not rise up out of that grave. Listen, they could not hold Him down. He's alive today. They set a watch. That didn't work out so well for them. It goes on in the next chapter and it says, Now when they were gone, go and behold, some of the watch came into the city and shoot unto the chief priest all the things that were done. And when they were assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, 
say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and secure you. And so they took the money and did as they were told. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Them sat and watched didn't work too well for them. Death couldn't keep him and the grave couldn't hold him. When I was thinking about Isaac, like I said, this is just me. But I believe he'd have been around the Lord's age. We we'll hear about in the next chapter, chapter 23 of Genesis, it says that Sarah was 127 years old when she died. She was 90 when she had him. At his death, at her death, he'd been about 37 years old. The next time that we hear from Isaac is when he got his bride. We don't hear very much through the next couple of chapters about him. But the next time we hear mention of him is when Abraham sends his servant to go get his bride. Jesus resurrected. He resurrected several while he was here on this earth. There's been several. Lazarus, Jairus' daughter. There were those that on the day that he died that rose up and went into the holy city. What a sight that must have been. But they all died again. But Jesus Christ in Corinthians says that He is the first fruits. He lives. And because He lives, we're going to live again someday after a while. There's coming a day. There's a day that's out in front of us. That is Brother Don in the Scripture says that I don't know when that time will be. There will be a generation of people here on this earth when the Lord returns. And those that are here will be changed from here to there in a twinkling of an eye. And those that are dead in the body will be resurrected again. The Bible in Philippians, I believe Paul says that they'll be given a body likened unto His. A glorious body. I don't know but to me, that sounds pretty good. Listen to me. Death can be a sad occasion, and it is. Solomon said there's a time and a season for everything. But David said that, I may misquote this, but he said, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of one of His saints. Why is that? Because He made a way and we're going to get to go home and be with Him forevermore. The grave is not the end. It's the beginning. I know it's sad to think about our loved ones that's went on. And I don't, I'm not rushing for the process. I enjoy this life. But I'm thankful to know that's not my final resting place. That I'm going to be with Him. 
when this body dies, the Spirit will go and be with Him. And then someday when He comes out of that eastern sky, those bodies will rise. This morning, death couldn't destroy Him. And the grave couldn't keep Him. This morning I believe in my heart that Jesus was crucified right there just a stone's cast away from Mount Moriah. The temple was built there. He was taken to Golgotha, which was just right outside the gate. He was just a stone throw away. Listen to me. You can't make this stuff up. That's amazing to me. That God said, it shall be seen in the mount. God will provide. And it shall be seen. God did provide. Folks, let us rejoice this morning that God did provide. And He provided the ultimate sacrifice. I'm done this morning. I hope and I pray this is a help to you. I hope that you can see the picture. I hope that you can look out and see God's promise. For those of us that have been saved, that He holds the promise in the palm of His hand. He's got it. He keeps it and He holds it. For those of you this morning that's never been saved, I know that He lives. That song we sang, you ask me how I know that He lives? Because He lives within my heart. I know that He's alive. That sister come around the other day in a handshake, she said it's a feeling kind of way. And it is. It's a feeling kind of way. I feel Him in my heart. It's by faith this morning. Do you believe? As we stand and have a verse of song, brother. If you don't know Him this morning, do you want to know Him? Do you want to know how good He is? Do you want to know how He can change your life? Do you want to know the way that He can make for you? As we stand and have a verse of song this morning. Go ahead, Brother Strode. Good morning, Lord.